This is the Danny Britt Show, a weekly look at Benedictine Cadets football on ESPN Radio WSEG Savannah Hilton Head. Now, here's your host, Christian Gokel. This is the Danny Britt Show right here on ESPN Radio Savannah. Christian Gokel, glad to have you alongside on this Monday night as we are recapping a week one victory for the Cadets over the Jenkins Warriors. And then We'll take a look here at an upcoming road game, leaving the state of Georgia, heading down south to beautiful South Beach uh, to take on Christopher Columbus, a team that the cadets saw last year. So all of that coming up today. But we're going to start with something that if you were listening along uh, with our broadcast on Friday night, uh, you kind of know how the game ended late in the second quarter uh, with the cadets up 45 to nothing. uh, People streaming out of the away sideline, both teams clearing the field in a full sprint. Uh, really haven't gotten a ton of clarity on what happened in the situation. But uh, as he does every Monday, the head football coach of the cadets, Danny Britt, a guy who, of course, was down there on the field when all of this was taking place. Uh, Coach, I don't know if you've gotten any more clarity than we have on what happened, but uh, it seems like everybody got out of there safe, and it was just a a situation that was bad, but I guess bad in the best way possible. Yeah, definitely it is bad, and and, – you know, I hate it for the kids that uh, that didn't get to play and finish their game. Um, certainly on both sides of the ball. Uh, from what I understand and what we've been told by uh, the uh, police is uh, there was uh, an altercation which they were handling, and you know there was no, never a confirmation of a gun. Um, and but somebody apparently yelled a gun, and people started running like crazy, and. You know, I, I don't know if that's legitimately what it was. If it was, you know, I've heard rumors of TikTok pranks and that sort of thing. Either way, it's very sad that, uh, you know, it legitimately scared a lot of people on both sides uh, very much, and uh, that's understandable. And and uh, hopefully, this uh, we can get a get a grip of that. What was the conversation with the team? Because I know nightmare scenario. I think for any parent sitting in the stands seeing. Uh, two teams full of football players with their heads low running into a locker room. Yeah, definitely. The, well, the initial conversation was, hey, get in the locker room, and we got the cheerleaders in the locker room with us, thankfully, and uh, set some coaches there and then some security there on them. While we were talking uh, with the officials, with the police, uh, just trying to establish what to do next. But first, initially it was stay calm and you're safe here. The second thing was, okay, we're going to try to finish the game. And, you know, we've agreed, Jenkins and, and Coach Welsh and myself had agreed how to do that. And then the final thing was the police had said, we're going to end it here, which, you know, they were disappointed in, of course, but, uh, but you know, everybody understands. And then it's still not knowing exactly what had happened. We, uh, you know, we, we followed protocol with the police, and they escorted the cheerleaders out first and then escorted our team to the buses, and we made everybody uh, go back to uh, Benedictine to, you know, make sure everybody was safe. And at that point, we, we felt pretty comfortable. And again, from all the reports, everyone that was at the stadium and on the field uh, exited safely. So, so that's the good news. But as you mentioned, unfortunate because uh, you didn't even get an entire half to play football there in a game that was already delayed due to what it's just the time of the year in South Georgia. There's going to be lightning delays, uh, but eventually did get it kicked off around 8:15 uh, and taking on a Jenkins Warriors team that was really talented up front. We talked about Trayvon Gadsden, uh, the big time defensive lineman who's headed to Florida State, and just bigger up front in general. Uh, Coach, you guys come out first drive, three and out looked a little bit clunky, uh, and I thought that was kind of the 
look for the offense the entire first half or what we got to see of it, which was it was clunky, 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 and then just explosive play touchdown. And I know that had to be one of the bigger reasons why you wanted to see more snaps for your team. Yeah, definitely. And we, we were going to let uh, that first group finish the last two minutes, and we were just going to try to, you know, pound it out, run out the clock, and, and, and run the ball a little bit. And then and we were pulling them and, and going to go with twos and threes. But, um, but yeah, it is. It's still, you know, still a little clunky. That's a good way to put it. But we, we have some massive weapons, and, uh, and then, of course, Luke can do so many things. But when you replace your entire offensive line, that's somewhat to be expected, I would think. And, um, you know, so we've got to get better at that. We've got to continue to work on establishing drives and, and eventually get to be able to do that if we want to be the team. We, we... And I know some fans were probably listening at home or watching in the stadium thinking, like, man, this is BC football. They're not they're not running the ball a whole lot. But uh, from what we could see up uh, calling the game, Jenkins seemed to be in cover zero, no safeties deep. Uh, the entire game, going back and watching the film uh, with the offensive staff coach, I mean, it had to be pretty easy to just audible in and say, nope, we're throwing it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, we want to establish a run, but if you're going to if you're gonna crowd the box and, and put, you know, Zaquan Bryan man-to-man on somebody, <laughs> get ready, here it comes. You know, that, that that's just common sense. So we're going to do that. That's who we are. And, yeah, we want to establish a run, and we, we're going to continue to work diligently on that but uh but that's an easy call yeah and you were able to move Zaquan Bryan around uh to a lot of different spots creating some headaches uh, I think for that Jenkins defense and is that what we should expect to see all year I mean I think in one drive uh we saw him lined up out wide we saw him lined up in the slot we saw him lined up uh kind of at that z spot and then we saw him lined up at running back I mean is, is that what we're going to see all year Yes, that that is the plan. Uh, to you know, just like we did with Justin, although we didn't put him out wide as much, but, uh, but you know, but yeah, that is the plan with Zaquan is to, to move him around and use him as much as possible. Now, playing that free safety spot, you have him playing. He did have an interception, uh, and we'll talk about the defensive performance here in a second. But playing that defensive free safety spot, I I, I never want to say it because you know my heart resides in the secondary, but not quite as taxing as kind of playing that man coverage role that he was playing last year. I mean, how many snaps are you expecting to see him play every game? You know, it's going to depend and you know, we, we expect he's going to take a hundred snaps a game probably. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll try to limit that as when we can, but he is, he's necessary to have him back there. And yes, we have him playing free. Um, you know, and we got some younger guys who we're working in that role and as, they develop uh we'll try to get him some rest and obviously his best position is corner we just felt like we had corners who were a little more prepared to play so that's why he's playing free and yeah he's you know he can get people lined up and you're right not quite as taxing you know as playing a corner so um you know hopefully it'll help him out with that and 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 he's that man can be a really good free safety too he can be a really good everything oh yeah and again, we saw that with the interception. But sticking on the offensive side of the ball, Coach, I don't want fans to think I'm overlooking 45 to nothing. Obviously, uh, that was an excellent score, but uh, a bunch of short fields set up by the defense there. And I guess what is going to have to develop, and maybe 
is the hardest thing to develop for an offense are the sure things. Like last year, you knew if it was four yards or less, you could do a toss sweep to Justin Thomas and pick up a first down. Or if it was eight, nine yards, you could either go out to a Luke Cromanhawk playing tight end on the comeback route, or you could go across the middle to a Zaquan Bryant and just felt like those were there because you had a guy like Holden Gariner leading the offense, right? They felt almost automatic. Is that just something that's going to have to develop over time? Or is that just last year kind of a special situation where you had so many great athletes at one time? Well, you know, and it wasn't just athletes. It was developing that uh, through the years with those guys. And, yes, it took years uh, to establish that. And then what you you know, what we left off there is the offensive line. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, those five guys that, that – uh, the reason why – I mean, yeah, Justin Thomas is Justin Thomas. However, the reason why we felt comfortable to get those four yards with him is because of that offensive line and what they could accomplish. So – all of that has to play out to establish what we can and can't do. I mean, we have talent there, obviously. I mean, Luke can do so many different things. But he, I mean, that was his, that was his first uh, first actual you know varsity start at quarterback. So um, you know, it's going to take time to establish that across the board with all these guys and see what they do best and you know what we can do best and. Um, you know, uh, it's going to be a really tough schedule to accomplish that that we have coming up. But um, we'll have to figure it out, and we'll be better, you know, halfway through the season than we are right now, I can assure you. Yeah, one guy I think a lot of people got put on notice by uh, this past week was Thomas Blackshear, and I think it was a two-play sequence that really let a lot of people know. If you didn't know already, I mean, the dude had two touches and two touchdowns last year, but two plays in a row – just a one-on-one comeback route, just stuck his foot in the ground about five yards downfield, caught the pass, put a move on the corner, touchdown. You guys get called, I believe it was a holding call. Come back, same formation, defense gives you the same look, throw it again. He puts on a better move and this time beats the safety and scores again. I mean, if that two-play sequence doesn't summarize how special he is, I don't know what will. Yeah, he is a very, very special talent. And uh, what happened actually was we were called for, um, we had a... Covered up a receiver with that's another right. receiver yep. on the other side of the ball, um, so that's why it was brought back. And you know, we all said to do it again. I mean, if they're going to line up that exact same way, do it again. And uh, and we did. And, and Thomas made you know an even more ridiculous move on that second one to to get in the end zone. So uh, yeah, he's a special talent and can do so many different things. And we're going to continue to try to grow him. Um, you know, teaching him how to practice hard every day and how to be very consistent with what he does. But um, he can be truly special. I want to take a look at the defensive performance. We're going to do that next and then take a look at next week's opponent, Christopher Columbus, next right here on ESPN Radio. More Benedictine Cadets football. The Danny Britt Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Danny Britt Show recapping Benedictine's big 45 to nothing week one win there over Jenkins and then taking a look at this week's upcoming game in Miami. But coach, going back to last week, the defensive performance, anytime, uh, even if it's in a shortened game, you can put a goose egg up there. I know makes the defensive staff really happy and a game where I Jenkins didn't get across midfield uh, in this game, coach, and very rarely uh, picked up positive yardage. What did you see out of your defense going back and watching tape that y'all were able to do so successfully? Yeah, well, I'm very proud of the defense so far scrimmaging in that first half the other night, just uh, playing really fast, very aggressive. Um, the front guys are, are can be really good and big and good, talented, which makes linebacker play a whole lot easier. 
Um, but just very proud of, of how they're getting after it, how Coach uh, Houston has designed things, and these guys are playing fast. So, um, yeah, Jenkins ended up being negative in yardage uh, for the game. So uh, very proud of you know the defense and how they're playing. Uh, Wilkes Albert just, just was playing very fast, very aggressive, and uh, made a lot of plays along with, with other guys. You guys heading down to Miami to take on the Columbus Explorers, a team that you guys saw last year uh, at the beginning of the season and a very talented 8 day football team uh, out of Florida, I believe played in the state championship uh, last year. And again, a, a team that's going to have all kinds of talent. We've heard about the Miami speed uh, forever. What kind of challenges does this team present to you? Yeah, they are an extremely uh, talented team, just like they were last year. Uh, it is really amazing to see how they do replenish. And, you know, Florida's a different beast. Florida, you can transfer with no penalty at all. So people transfer in everywhere. And obviously that is the largest private school in, in the state of Florida and, and absolutely a great place to go to school. So people want to be there. Uh, along with that, they have an incredible program building to it. So just what it looks like is what you would think it looks like college football players at every position. There is no position where somebody is lacking. So it's going to be a major, major hurdle for us. What would you say is the biggest jump from last week to this week in terms of what your team's going to see? Well, I mean, one, the discipline and the, you know, of what they do, they're not going to be getting the penalties that we, you know, they're going to, when they're making their fakes, they're going to be done in a different way. Um, it's going to be played with much more discipline, uh, and then just across the board, uh, athletes that are you know college level players. And going back to last year, I think a, a pretty similar offense to what we see you guys run, right? Which is they want to be able to run power football up the middle, but also they can spread it out, uh, hit the quick throws on the bubble screens, and also take some shots uh, downfield. They got a quarterback, Fernando Mendoza. Uh, anytime you have a senior quarterback coming back for another year, I know that's a big-time advantage as well. What should Cadets fans expect to see or hear uh, on Friday night? Well, uh, we've established over the weekend in the Abel's Iron On and More scouting report, uh, building a winning football team takes a lot of time, planning, and hard work. As contact those guys if you are interested in getting that in financial uh, financial aspect of your life. Um, in the scouting report, we've established that uh, they are very good, and actually, uh, the quarterback that will be starting is a transfer in Adrian Poza. I believe this is the correct pronunciation. Uh, he's a six-five junior with with offers wow. all over the country. <laughs> so uh, they are really good, and uh, so they're going to try. They also have a uh, a running back that's committed to Notre Dame. Uh, so they're going to try to power football first, then play actions and quick passing game is their next step. And and they are really good at everything they do. So you got a, a junior quarterback with offers from all over, and then you got just a guy backing him up that's committed to Yale. So I mean, you know, that yeah, I mean, that's just kind of a, just kind of a, kind of a look at the talent they have. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Where is and I don't want to give away too much of what the secrets are, but where have you found the consistency? Where have you found where this offense clicks the most? You know, I, I don't have an answer for that right now, Christian. To be honest with you, is it's it, it's it's even clunky at times in practice. I'm not being hard on the kids here. Uh, they're trying. We're doing the same thing we did last year when we felt like it was very smooth. 
uh, it's just working with new people and trying to figure out where that, that key thing is. And again, and it sounds, I don't mean to overkill this, it all goes back to the offensive line. And uh, it, that is the foundation. And until those guys really establish who they are and become the best they can be as a unit, it's going to continue to be that way. But, uh, you know, it, even in practice, sometimes we'll we'll have, a you know, certain run plays, base run plays that are working, and then, you know, they won't in practice sometimes. We'll get hit for a loss or, you know, and, and, and that's what we've got to work on. But, you know, we feel like we, we can continue to establish that. The the quick passing game, uh, we're doing that pretty well right now, and that's going to have to serve as, as you know, a, kind of as a run game too for a little while. And listen, uh, we sat next to the offensive staff pretty much all season last year. Uh, Coach DePhillips calling the plays. I don't know if I remember all last season him slamming the desk in frustration. A couple times uh, the the old fist came down on the desk pretty hard up in the in the box. So I mean, it's listen, it's a young team, but. That's kind of the difference. Last year, very senior-laden, probably not a whole lot of mental mistakes. This year, we may be in for that, especially at the beginning. Yeah, and definitely we've got to build to it, but here's where we're at. Uh, you know, the defense is going to have to, to – defense and special teams are going to have to do things to really help the offense right now, the very young offense. And um, and, and that's what happened the other night. We, Like you said, we kept – the defense and special teams kept putting the offense in really good positions – uh, to get those quick touchdowns, so yeah, that's why it's a, you know a team game, and that and that's why we love it, and and we feel like that's what we need to do this year to win, is is have that defense uh, playing at a very high level, get turnovers, you know the, you know obviously the planned sky kick, you know we wanted the ball there, we felt like we could get it and stole a you know stole a possession right there, and uh, you know we got to continue to do things to help the offense. You stole my next question. Special teams are pretty special. Not only, as you mentioned there, the Danny Britt special, finding uh, the hole where nobody is on the kick return team and stealing a possession, but also, Coach, a 50-yard field goal for you guys. A pretty special night on special teams. Yeah, definitely good. Uh, Hudson Grove had a, had a big-time night. Um, we knew he could hit that, and, um, you know, uh, he's, he's hit – that and further in practice, legitimately on time. I'm not talking about one of those where they run for for ten yards right. with no, you know, and kick it. I'm talking about with a snap, with a rush. He's hit it multiple times from past fifty. So, uh, and it made me feel good because I, I turned around. He was kicking the net. I said, "Hey, can can you get it?" He said, "Yes, sir." And not even a question, just "Yes, sir," and like took off. And you love that, right? That makes you feel oh, yeah. good. And he went out there and, and nailed it and um, and then did a great job on kickoff. And then, you know, finally we've established with those two kicks, uh, you know, which we, you know, directional kicking we've worked on uh, for years and done for years and stolen so many possessions uh, with that. And, um, you know, I said, really, because we've always worked to, like, put it in a trash can at a certain yard line. And finally, I said, dude, I know this is easier said than done, but you are a soccer player. We want it where they're not. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I want yeah. you to be able to kick it where they're not. He said, okay, I'll start working with that mindset. And that's exactly what he did. And he put it right there where they weren't, and, and we got the ball. And the trickiest part of it, putting that backspin on the ball just to get it to stick there and stop. Uh, but, Coach, again, you guys t- playing – in Miami this Friday night, if we can steal you away from warm-ups for like 20, 30 minutes, you and I, Cuban sandwich, some coffee, uh, and then we'll get back for the game. But we'll see you down there on Friday. 
Yeah, I look forward to it. Love a Cuban sandwich, that's for sure. More Benedictine Cadets football. The Danny Bridge Show on ESPN Radio. Welcome back into the Danny Bridge Show. Christian Gokel, glad to have you with us here on this Monday afternoon. Recapping a big win to start the season there for BC over Jenkins and taking a look here at Columbus in Miami. A guy who had a huge game this past Friday night and is going to be a star for the cadets this season. Zaquan Bryan, a senior wide receiver and free safety for your cadets, kind enough to take some time. Zaquan, thank you so much for taking the time with us, man. Yes, sir. All right, so going back to the game, kind of a weird start for the offense, three and out, just couldn't really find anything to get going. And then uh, as you guys come out, very next play, first and 10, uh, they call the slot fade for you. What were the conversations on the sideline uh, with you, uh, Luke Cromanhawk and Coach DePhillips about getting that ball down the field? Uh, well, for my last drive, when we went three and uh, three and out, we saw that uh, their safeties wasn't really moving as much. So uh, that play was the first play that came to mind, and we knew that we put it in the right spot, and we knew where the ball was going to be at. So it was the the best play and a great play we we had called up. Now you had four receptions for 105 yards and two touchdowns and a little less uh, than two quarters. So obviously a great game offensively for you. As you guys have been kind of formulating this offense uh, throughout the offseason, right, where you lose guys uh, like your running mate Justin Thomas last year, what have been the conversations about what your role is going to be inside of this offense this season? Uh, well, the role is for me is to play inside, play slot, uh, but also – to move me outside, move me to different places. Even though we are, we have athletes that can do the same thing at, uh, that I, I can do, uh, but just move me around, put me in different spots, uh, making different plays, calling different plays. So I feel like uh, basically like uh, I'm a movement person. I'm not playing just one position. So uh, yeah, we had a we had a long talk. And they moved me to slot. And now you're playing all over the offense for the cadets, and we saw that. Uh, this past Friday night, but you're committed to Minnesota uh, as a defensive back, and you played corner last year for the Cadets, but you guys have decided to move uh, over to free safety. You had an interception there this past Friday night. What's the transition been like from playing corner to safety? The transition has been uh, pretty hard. You know, I played corner most of my life, uh, but going back to safety, um, yeah, it was a little, it was a little tough, but you know. It's basically like playing DB, but just playing over top, not really playing anybody mad as much. But, uh, yeah, the, mo- the transition was pretty easy. Now, you guys are headed down to Miami this Friday night to take on a Columbus team that you guys played last year to start the season. Uh, how, how big is it for you? How excited do you get for these, uh, these out-of-state matchups uh, against other powerhouses from other states? Uh, it's really fun uh, playing different powerhouses. Uh you know, going down to Miami, going to a different state, uh, seeing a different atmosphere. It's going to be awesome. So I'm I'm ready for that game. What do you remember about Columbus from last year? Last year they had a real, really good defense. Uh, the front seven was real good. The offensive line and running backs, they were real good. So uh, we're going to prepare a lot for them this, this uh, week, make sure that we have everything tight down. Again, we're catching up with Zaquan Bryan. He is a safety uh, and receiver for your cadets committed to Minnesota to continue his athletic career. i got to ask you something before I let you go, man. Uh, we were talking about it on the broadcast this past Friday night. You, you hit that slot fade, and it's it's if, if you're even, you're leaving, right? Super fast. Is there anybody in Savannah that can keep up with you? Uh, that's a good question, but uh, 
I'll just say no comment on that one. <laughs> Look, he has been to the Danny Britt School of Broadcasting there. That's probably a good answer. Zaquan Bryan, kind enough to take some time with us. If you can't make it down to Miami, uh, you can listen to the show on ES or the game, excuse me, on ESPNCoastal.com. Kevin Thomas and myself uh, will be down in Miami broadcasting the game. Zaquan, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, take the time out of your busy schedule and look forward to seeing you out there on Friday. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You've been listening to ESPN's Danny Britt Show on 93.7 Hilton Head and Savannah AM 1400 and FM 104.3 WSEG. Tune in next week for more Benedictine Cadets football talk on ESPN Radio. <laughs>